0: phi alpha, alpha kappa alpha, kappa alpha psi, omega psi phi, delta sigma theta, phi beta sigma, theta phi beta, sigma gamma rho, iota phi theta. This is Eric with Greekly Speaking. And joining me on this episode is Andrea Diaz. She's a senior at Lemoyne Owen College in Memphis, Tennessee. Her major is elementary education with a concentration in English. She was initiated into the Beta Tau chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated on April the 8th, 2018. Andrea, welcome to Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for. Including um, the detail or the initiation. I, I mean, was it a cloudy day? Was it seventy-six degrees? Uh, or was it?
1: <laughs> it was actually a very sunny day. Extreme fatigue. Ready for it to be over. A memorable day. Yes, <laughs> one it. of I the best.
0: <laughs> so I, I gotta tell you right off the bat, you hold the honor of being one of the Greekly speaking charter members. Okay. And, and, and let me just explain to you what that is. You are the first of your organization to represent on our podcast, okay? So you are the first member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, and you are officially in the history books of Greekly Speaking, okay?
1: Oh, I feel honored. Hopefully, I set the bar for my oh. soul. Well,
0: well, everybody's going to have to, you know, study the history, yes. right. you know, yes. right there. Yes. Speaking of your source, so how many people were on your line when you crossed?
1: It was a total of eleven of us.
0: Eleven. Yes. Wow. Okay. Not okay. that
1: many. That that's small, like compared to everybody else in the organization, but our campus is very tiny. So eleven on our campus was like huge. That was like, ah, eleven. So to us that was big.
0: <laughs> right. I graduated from a small campus, so I know how that goes, but that, that is a lie because you look at the percentage of the student body, you know, that's Greek. Um, I mean, did you have all Greeks uh, on campus at that time?
1: I think so. I think our Delta's had a line come through in 18 as well. So I think everybody was on the yard.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you said you had 11 online. What was the name of the line?
1: The <laughs> Evolutions of Resolutions
0: the evolutions of resolutions yep i've not heard that one before what number were you
1: i was number four
0: number four yes oh man were you happy with that
1: yes i mean it wasn't so much about what number i was
0: did they give you a line name what did you end up with
1: uh my name was unaccompanied
0: unaccompanied yes but of course, with the
1: AKA in the middle. Oh gosh! Okay. Of, yeah. of
0: course, of course, of mm-hmm. course.
1: <laughs> so, so how did
0: you get that name?
1: Because I'm like really friendly on campus, but just by myself most of the time. Because I was a transfer student to LeMond. I guess that's the way they looked at it. Just
0: you didn't need yep. the whole entourage. No, and, and all no, of
1: that. no, no, no. Mm-mm. It's about quality, not quantity. So.
0: So did you have any Greek influences? I mean, what inspired you to join your organization?
1: Well, my mother, she's a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. She pledged at Rust. Then my older sister, she pledged at Lane. Same org. That's not why I joined, though. I guess, like, when I went to school, it wasn't the make me or break me situation. It kind of just found me. And I, it was just, like, my fit, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, me. I understand. <laughs> Did did you and your sister attend the same school at first, or no,
1: she she um graduated at from Lane College um in spring fourteen?
0: Okay, Lane. Okay, yeah, another HBCU.
1: Oh, all through the family, all through. We do nothing else.
0: <laughs> and apparently, nothing else but AKA. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah, we got one more. We got one more, but she a little feisty. Uh oh. She supposed she goes. she's supposed to go to Austin P. Okay. Um, okay. So she's gonna be our first non-HBCU student too. Okay. So, so we, we shall see.
0: We're just waiting to see what happens with that one. What right. You, what you're saying.
1: Okay. Right. We we hoping for a transfer. No. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs>
0: well, so what happens if she decides to go Greek? I mean, it sounds like she's gonna have to start her own GoFundMe if she's not going yeah. to do the um, AKA thing. Right?
1: No, no. I think my mama will come around. Like. For me, I think, like, we crack jokes, Greek jokes and stuff, even with my Greek friends on the yard, but we're still about the same principles, functions, it's all, you know, we could talk about each other, but can't nobody else talk about each other, so, of so. That family, Like a family, yeah, it's a family, so we're going to support it, we just going to have to, I don't know. (laughs) So,
0: so you have 11, you ladies still keep in touch, given this whole Mm. social distancing thing going on?
1: We try as much as possible. We have a group chat. And I'm the last one that's still on campus because I graduate in December of this year. So I'm okay. the last little flock of my line. So we try to keep in touch and see each other as much as possible.
0: I, I was gonna ask, was your family supportive of your decision to go Greek? But it obviously if you had <laughs> members of the same organization, what did yeah. what did they what did your folks say? when you told them, hey, I'm going to go ahead and join Alpha Kappa Alpha?
1: Uh, well, my mom was really more so like, well, about time. Because like I said, it wasn't the highlight of my college career. I was trying to get in, get out, so I can make sure I got a job at the end of it. So when I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it, she was like, well, about time, let's go. She was ready, had the money already in the account, like she was on top of it. So, I mean, they were really supportive. They were happy that I decided to do it and mark this milestone. I'm very glad that I did. It was very enlightening to learn about so many different people and to go through so many conferences and be on my leadership skills. So I've learned a lot, yes.
0: Okay. So have you um, had a chance to serve in any particular positions in in your chapter?
1: Yes. Like I said, we're a small chapter, so we don't have the luxuries of having – A person for each role. So I served as the secretary. I served as treasurer. I served as vice president. I'm currently the president of the chapter. You know, yeah, we don't have, it's not many of us. So you got to just go where you go to get the job done. (laughs) And,
0: and, And it's really about what you do with that title, right? And you'll be able to add that to your list of credentials. Right. right. And, you know, take every opportunity to do something with it. How would you describe your Greek experience, you know, since joining? What impact has being a member of your organization had on your life?
1: Um, well, I guess the first part of the question I've enjoyed my experience. It, I mean, dealing with women, but it teaches you conflict resolution skills and how to hear other people's opinions. And it, it teaches you a lot of. Self-skills and self-reflecting, you have to do a lot of that. As far as impact, I mean, with my major being education in the education field, um, doing a lot of work and with some of our targets um, under our international president being HBCU for life and things like that, I was able to do a lot of work with high school seniors and getting them coming to our, um, to LeBorne, which is the only HBCU in Memphis. So that's dope for us because we reach out to all those local high schools and get them applied. Um, so I've met a lot of great people, a lot of great people and mentors and women. I don't think I would have never came across and learned, like I said, just learning leadership skills and getting constructive criticism on how to be a better person, better leader. Just overall,
0: it's good when you're when you receive your initial feedback from folks in the family. <laughs> so you don't hear it the first time when you're on the job. I mean, that's, that, that, that's a very important part of, of being in an organization that cares, right? I mean, it's family, right. but there is a benefit of having those mentors that have been where you are. You can take advantage of those relationships and those connections,
1: right? Right. Just to help figure out life at this awkward stage. Uh-oh. What what they say, undergrad to unemployed.
0: I I love it. And and, and it's a real it's a real phase for for many (laughs) people. You kind of touched briefly on some of the the activities um, that your leadership skills had to be uh, applied to. And, you know, I saw a photo of you recently and you're reading a book to a little girl. And the way this little girl's face was lit up, she was smiling. It's almost like you can see her on a college campus with the AKA shirt on doing the same thing. I mean, what was that experience like for you?
1: I tried to volunteer at our local elementary schools because our school is, is what the people call the hood of Memphis and South Memphis, the best part. No shade. But I think like, it's beautiful to see students who probably don't see a Greek organization or even hear of college, if that makes sense, and get excited. And when we walk in, because they're teachers, they had Greek Week or College Week at their school, and they get excited when we walk in. And the girls, when the campus do their little moves, they, you know, ah, my God. you know, it's that exciting because it gives them another. If that's what we have to do to get them in tune with going to higher education, I'm all for so there you just go. to leave that remark that you know that first impression on students especially black children that's very important so I enjoy it I go every time I get the chance and the opportunity to speak and to mentor so
0: is that why you chose elementary education
1: yes because I think people focus on those high school students and mention college and what you're going to do after high school, but. If you can impact a child with learning when they're younger, it's kind of hard to heal that drive to want to learn and to succeed and just make school fun because school should be fun and learning should be fun because we learn every day without realizing that we're learning. So that's just, yeah, why well, I did it. I I love See, children and don't have any, so yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> hey, 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 let's keep it like that for a minute, all right?
1: Oh, yeah, I, well, <laughs> you know. let me let me not lie. I do have two. I have two doggies, okay, Yogi okay, and Stormy. They take all my money, and those are my babies. Yes, but so everybody knows those are. That yes. So you those get those some practice. Children.
0: You get you you, you know yes. what it, you know what it's like. That's that's yes. awesome. So did you enjoy school when when you were younger? I t-
1: I did to have a mother that's an educator. I did extremely well in school, like academically, all through my public school career, I would say. But it was more so, I guess, the feeling of not being challenged enough. But I guess I just had that yarn to learn. Like it was just a fire inside of me. I just love reading and gaining knowledge of things I don't understand. So. I love school.
0: All right. So since you like school so much and you want to be a teacher, I've got a pop quiz for you. I want you to tell me what's one thing about the education system that you think needs to be addressed and what would you do to address it?
1: Well, the one thing I would say, a lot of things It's not just one thing, but I'm doing my concentration in English because I don't know if people know, but the statistic of a black boy or brown child cannot read uh, read past the age of third grade, his chances of being locked up increases significantly. And a lot of our children are not able to read at the rate that they're supposed to read. Um, so I want to do more so with retention and then also the testing that they do. As my professor called it, they test for Sally. But we got Lakeisha's in the classroom, so we got to teach Lakeisha how to Read and think like Sally Sue. So, I think that testing is a huge problem because it's not that our children don't understand. We just have a vocabulary. We talk differently. Like, we just, we work things. Somebody might say a quilt, but we call it a cover. Or, you know, like little things like that. We have to teach our children that, okay, this is what they call it. So, we just got to get them in a mindset of that. And I don't think that's fair because it's culturally biased to test children based off of one particular culture i don't like that and i guess the only thing i can do since it's nothing is until they change it would we'll just prepare my children to think like sally and john until it comes different so we get some more Lakeishas in the room
0: you actually hit the nail on the head that's exactly what i was going to say it's a it's a cultural difference and it's cultural awareness and cultural fairness issue right you know you have sally but you also have you know Antoine that grew up in a different environment right so right. you know how do you embrace the differences
1: because it's not that they're not willing to learn or it's just that you have to teach things that you're interested in and then I think that's another problem when you have teachers who are forced to follow a certain curriculum and get assessed and evaluations and they are based on what the child knows not thinking about the prior knowledge that that child may have and it's just a lot that's very political in the education system where our children get left behind. That's why, I mean, I, I want to be in a classroom because I think you get so much knowledge from being in a classroom. But I would love to focus on reading and also social changes with families. And because I always say it's kind of hard to teach somebody when they're hungry or they're stressed. Or Because I know when I go to class and I don't get enough sleep, I'm not into it or if something happened and my anxiety is running, like you can't, so I don't, if I'm 24 and can't manage it, I can not expect a seven-year-old to manage you.
0: You're exactly right. Cause you don't really know what that child might be dealing with just getting to school. Right. Or when they get right. home, there are all kinds of situations they got to deal with. I mean, I mean, just growing up in Chicago, I I, I can tell you horror stories, but, and, and school was my escape, you know, right. but It's good that going into your profession, you already have a perception of what these issues are, right? And you're already considering not just the education, but the well-being of the children that you will be coming in contact with. Because I think a lot of us that make it, and you can define make it any way you want, but a lot of us that make it through the system, there's always a teacher at some point some administrator, some faculty member that we can point to had it not been for, you know, right. so and so, so and so man. And
1: that can be positive or negative.
0: Well that, that's true.
1: You could I mean sometimes a negative impact could push a person further than the positive impact. So I mean teachers make the world go around. You can't have a doctor without a teacher. There's nothing in this world anybody could do without a teacher. Somebody has to teach you something. And I think what's taught must be taught. So wherever I've learned, I feel like I have a duty to teach it. So then they should go out and teach it to someone else. It's a universe. I think that's our duty as humans. When God put us in there to have souls and to understand and complexes, we should teach whatever we have learned. Because if not, it gets lost. What's the point of learning it if you're not going to share it?
0: Each one, teach one. I love
1: Each it. Each one, teach one. Yep, that's the goal, I hope. So. <laughs>
0: You might not be in a classroom that long. You, it sounds like you might need to go that administration route and, and make no. some changes happen.
1: Uh, not administration. I think when people think of education, they think of like classroom, principal. But education is very broad. Like you have programs like YMCA. Educators touch on so many bases. Like we touch on family issues. We touch on mental issues. We touch on every issue that that child has. And it's like forced on the educator to figure that out. So I think it's very broad. So I don't know, like, I'm not focused in like a school building per se, because I know I want to do more with family issues and social issues. So a little mixture of both. So no, I don't see myself in the classroom for long. I just want to get the knowledge. So I could be more aware of what I'm talking about since I've been there and done it.
0: You sound like you're very aware already. So I want you to keep that curiosity and, and that, that that thirst for knowledge. Keep that, okay? Because that'll take you further than any one lesson is the desire to, to learn more. So go for that. What's next for you after um, you finish up your senior year?
1: Oh, what is next? I don't know. Like, I mean, get a job probably in the classroom. Um, I know I want to start my master's program probably with sociology or something in that field starting in January. I don't know. I don't really make plans like that. And that's not my MO per se. I think when we make plans, God laugh at us. I really feel like that <laughs> because it's 24 years of living. I made some plans and it's been, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. So I just have that MO. I just say, I know what I want to do. And then every day I try to do something to accomplish that. So. That's it. my philosophy of living, I guess. <laughs> like I set a goal, I just don't do timelines and you know things like that. Most people stress out about because I feel like when people do timelines, they just get so overwhelmed. And I've been there. And I have Crohn's disease. I got diagnosed when I was fifteen, so I spent a lot of time in hospitals, lots of time. So I like God set me down early. It was like you can't move literally, you can't do anything literally. So, I've learned patience and I've learned if if it will happen, like I do my part, and the universe will take care of itself. So, I just yeah,
0: and and it's hard to keep your eye on the prize and the clock at the same time, exactly. You know, you You gotta let one go, that's
1: right. You have to because you're forcing, and when you force things, you have to let it be. Because we would always, I don't know, I always tell you, like, if it's meant for you. It doesn't matter. We get so focused on the time frame. But if God say it's for you, it's going to be for you. Whether it comes later, now, in between, it's for you. So you just have to believe that it's for you. And you just work to get it. And just, yeah, we're not supposed to worry or stress about it. Which is hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm over here singing the Kumbaya and doing yoga every day. But I just think <laughs> like, that is what I strive to be, to not fret or to not stress or worry. Like, we can't have faith in stress and worry. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't belong.
0: If you pray, why worry? If you worry, why pray, right? So let me ask this. What advice would you give to someone who's considering joining a Greek organization and may be on the fence, whether it's fraternity or sorority?
1: Research it. I know people get tired of people saying that, but I would say that researching is very important. And even though there aren't many key point differences that you will learn on the websites and things between organizations just find what fits for you if you're a college student on campus don't join because of the colors don't join because you like the calls and the girls or the boys all on your screaming like i would say join because you feel like it's a higher purpose also don't worry about what can the organization do for you see what can you do for that bring your talents. And your aspirations into the organization and then you can boom it because your chapter even though it's an international organization your chapter is your baby your chapter is only as great as its members so that's what i would say find your feet also for my fellow greek people i would also say just be open to teaching non-greeks like i have to bring that onto our campus is the nphc secretary like, we have a lot of students on our campus that, as many other HBCUs that are first generation college students and don't have the access, or probably don't know anything about Greek culture. That's our job and our duty to teach them because we literally had some people that didn't know the difference between the AKAs and alphas. They didn't understand the difference between sorority or fraternity. But it's like, you can't get mad at if it's all they see us is ski win and holding our pinkies, up. you can't get mad that they don't know us or our history because they know what we show. So we have to show them something different and teach them.
0: Very well stated. You know, I, I think your future is very bright, and I know you're not about the planning per se, but I, I think you're going to do some good things. I, I know you <laughs> got people in your circle that are going to make sure that happens. Okay?
1: Oh, well, I appreciate that.
0: Andrea with Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, thank you for stopping by to talk to us on greekly Speaking, okay?
1: Well, I appreciate the invite.